truly thankful to be with other Christians this morning and certainly miss those of our uh, congregation who are sick and not with us. And certainly our prayers and thoughts are with them. I hope that as we go through this study this morning, that it will be a study that genuinely conditions our hearts. And I hope that it'll be a study that motivates us to be more mature Christians. As most of you are aware, we've been looking at the works of the flesh that the Apostle Paul identifies in the book of Galatians in the fifth chapter. And again, Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 20, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, of such the like, which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such thing there is no law. Now, as we've been going through the works of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit, what we've been doing is isolating some of them and looking at them individually and studying them. And that's what I want to do this morning, specifically at looking at emulations. What are emulations? Whenever we look at that Greek word emulations, it's translated from the Greek word zelos. And it means indignation. It means jealousy. So when you hear the word emulation, it's simply just jealousy. Why would the Apostle Paul say that jealousy is a work of the flesh? Why would the Apostle Paul write to the Christians at Galatia and say that jealousy is something that they need to be warned about? Why does he warn them of it? Whenever we consider the context of the book of Galatians, it's a letter that Paul wrote to Christians in Galatia. And he wrote that letter approximately in 49 AD. And that's significant. That's significant because just like all the other letters that Paul wrote to churches and congregations, he was writing them to churches that were in their infancy. Remember, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus happened around 30 to 33 A.D. And so here in 49 A.D., we have a letter that's written approximately 15 to 20 years after the resurrection of Jesus to people who are just starting churches. And just like every church that has um, people, there's issues, there's dilemmas, there's problems, and especially in churches where they're young. And the specific issue that was going on in Galatia at this time at that congregation was you had two types of people. You had people who had a Jewish background, who were now converts to Christianity, and you had people who were Gentiles, who maybe had no religious background at all, or maybe were pagans, but now they're all one. Now they're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Now they're all Christians congregating together in assembly worshiping Jesus. So what was the problem that they were having? The problem that they were having is you had these people who came from this Jewish background who had this prominent, prestigious, 
Jewish heritage, looking at these people who didn't have a religious heritage and saying, you know what? For you to be accepted by Jesus Christ, you've got to conform to some of the attributes. You've got to conform to some of the customs and the traditions of Judaism. More or less, they were telling them, for you to be a Christian, you've got to be a Jew first before you can be a Christian. And that's the issue that Paul's dealing here with. Paul says, no, you don't become a Christian by being a Jew first. You become a Christian when you realize that you need to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. You submit to the authority of Jesus Christ, and you begin to walk a life that's led by the Spirit of God. That's when you're a Christian. So, again... It brings us back to this question. Why would Paul warn them about jealousy? Why would Paul say that jealousy is a work of the flesh? And what's really important as we look at all these works of the flesh is a verse that's found just a few verses before Paul identifies the work of the flesh in verses 15 through 16. He says, but if you bite and you devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The reason why Paul warned them about jealousy along with the other 16 works of the flesh is he didn't want those Christians at Galatia destroying one another. He didn't want their differences, their backgrounds to devour them. That's why he tells them this. That's the warning. That's the whole purpose of the letter that he wrote to them in Galatia. And he says, I'm warning you that I don't want you to destroy each other. I don't want you to be devoured. And because I don't want you to be devoured, look what he says in verse 16. I say then, because I don't want you to destroy your relationships, to destroy the unity that you share with Jesus, I'm saying walk in the Spirit. And then a few verses down, he gives us an example of what it means to walk in the flesh versus what it means to walk in the Spirit. And that's when he itemizes those things. Now let me ask you this question. Do you think that jealousy, do you think that envy, do you think that that is something that can destroy an individual? Do you think that jealousy and envy is something that can destroy relationships that people have? Absolutely it can. In fact, in James chapter 3 and verse 16, James says that where there's jealousy and where there's selfish ambition, there you're going to find every vile practice and disorder. If you're a person who lives in the constant misery of jealousy, I can assure you that in your life you will have conflict and you will have disorder. If you are a person who perpetually in your heart looks at other people and asks constant questions such as, why do they have all of the accolades? Why don't I have the attributes that that person has? Why don't I have the abilities and the talents of that person? Why don't I have the possessions and the things of that person has? That is a heart that is plagued and darkened by jealousy. And if that is truly someone's heart, that they perpetually dwell on those things and they think of those things and they're never content before God, those are people who are digging a hole in their heart and they are planting the seeds of covetousness. And I promise you, from that life will be a life of discontentment and that will be a life of disorder. And what's the problem with that? 
The problem with that is Paul says that jealousy is a work of the flesh. And what do we know about the works of the flesh? That people who practice the works of the flesh can't inherit the kingdom of God. Thank God we have the blood of Jesus and we have the help of the Holy Spirit to help us deal with these issues because we all suffer from jealousy to some degree. And so what I want us to do is I want us to take a moment real briefly to distinguish jealousy from envy. Because oftentimes in the scriptures, jealousy and envy are used interchangeably. But there are occasions in the scriptures where they're not uh, synonymous with each other and that they're separate and they mean two different things. And so I want us to, to take a moment to look at that. For example, in Galatians chapter 5 that we've been reading throughout a number of the weeks here, he says that emulations or jealousy is a work of the flesh. He says that in verse 20. But the very first word in verse 21 is envy. And so we see that there's a distinction between those two. What are, what are the distinctions between jealousy and envy? Jealousy occurs when someone desires to have the same or similar thing for oneself. Or where you're afraid that someone will take what you have. Okay, now, now let's contrast that with envy. Envy occurs when someone desires to deprive another of what he has. Or where you want someone to lose something so that you can gain from it. And I found a chart on the internet that I wanted to share with you because I think it illustrates uh, pretty clearly what I'm trying to say here is jealousy is being fiercely protective of one's rights, position, or possessions. Now envy is the longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. Jealousy is characterized by feelings of fear, anger, resentment, and insecurity. Envy is characterized by feelings like resentment and longing. You feel jealousy when you feel you're afraid of losing something that you already possess. And you feel envy when you, uh, you feel envy about something that you don't have. And so I want to take uh, a moment to look at two passages to give us scriptural examples so that we can see the distinction between jealousy and envy. And the first one I want to look at is in 1 Samuel chapter 18, uh, verses 6 through 7, and then skip over to verse 9. It says, Now when it happened, as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines. And so here we have a situation where King Saul is the king of Israel, and him and David, who is not the king yet, are coming back from a battle. But apparently this wasn't just some ordinary battle. Apparently they annihilated the warriors of the Philistines. And so here you have this picture of these brave Israel uh, warriors, and they're gallantly riding back into the city, and they're coming off this great victory where they completely annihilated the enemy, and they're going to be welcomed with welcome arms, and there's going to be a celebration. And look who greets them when they get back home. It says the women. The women of Israel greeted these brave warriors when they get back into Israel. Now, Look what these women began to do. It says that they began to dance. 
It says that they began to sing. They began to play tambourines. They began to welcome these brave warriors home. But look what they start saying. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens thousands. You see the problem that's going to occur and the problem that did happen from it? It's here you have the king of Israel and here you have just a warrior here, David, who's not the king of Israel. And they're saying he's so much more better than Saul. What happened? Look in verse 9 there. If you go over to verse 9, it says, from, so from that point on, Saul eyed David. What does that mean? It means he had his eyes on him from that point forward. Now, was Saul jealous of David or was he envious of David? He was jealous of David. Well, why was he jealous of David? Because he was afraid of losing something that he already possessed. And what was that? His throne, his kingship. He viewed David as a threat to potentially take because of the popularity that David was gaining that he would lose uh, his throne. And we know that ultimately that jealousy led to there being a manhunt for David and how King Saul tried to take his life murdering. Now, when we look at envy, an example I want to use is in Genesis chapter 30 and verse 1. It says, Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And so here we have a strained relationship. We see two sisters because of a, a cruel act that happened and because of the cultural differences in the ancient world. These two sisters were married to the same man, Jacob. And the scriptures say that Jacob favored Rachel more. The word it uses is that he loved her more. He had more of an affinity towards her. But the problem that Rachel had was is that she couldn't have children. And her sister, who was married to Jacob, could have children. And so this is what the scripture is talking about, that as she looked at her sister, she envied her sister because her sister had the ability to have children and that she couldn't. And so that's why it's envy versus jealousy because she didn't have children, nor could she have children at the time that, that this was written. And so there was envy in her heart. In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 30, the scripture says, A sound heart is the life of the flesh. But envy is the rottenness to the bones. If we harbor jealousy, if we harbor envy towards each other, if we harbor that towards other people, what we are doing is we are self-inflicting a mental and emotional slavery upon ourselves. And what do we know about God? God doesn't want his people to be enslaved. In fact, you know, we we're talking about the works of the flesh. If we go up in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13, it says, Paul says, Christ has given you liberty. Jesus, when he came to this earth, said, I came to give you life and I came to give you life more abundantly. Yes, we needed God's help. Yes, we needed God to spare us, to give us eternal life through Jesus. But Jesus said, when I came to this earth, I didn't come only just to give you eternal life. I came to give you abundant life on this earth so that you could have a better life. And if we're living a life in jealousy, that's not living an abundant life. In fact, if we live a life in jealousy, it lives a life in fury and torment. In Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 34, For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. So yes, we know that jealousy is bad. We know that it's not a good thing. So where does jealousy come from? Jesus made the statement... Um, uh, that 
what enters a man's digestive system is not necessarily what defiles him. What comes out of a man's heart is what defiles him. And he said that in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness. And that's essentially what we're talking about this morning when we're referring to envy and jealousy, is it simply just covetousness. And so Jesus is saying covetousness or jealousy or envy that comes from the heart of a man. And when we look at the root of jealousy, I think jealousy really stems from a dissatisfied heart. And I believe that a dissatisfied heart is really the product of a lack of trust and a lack of contentment before God. And when we have a lack of trust and we have a lack of contentment before God, then what we're revealing about ourselves and to God and to other people is that really we put our happiness, really we put our security in things that are outside of God. And so, again, I believe that the heart is really the issue, obviously, of jealousy. And so how do we deal with jealousy? How do we... Um, how do we uh, become Christians that, that can put it aside and to remove it from our life. The first thing that we have to do is that we have to put it aside. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, the scripture says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. So the first thing that you have to do is put it aside. So what does that, what does that mean? Well, I think what the scripture is telling us is that when we're dealing with the subject of jealousy, that it's not something that we just sit back and say, well, you know, I hope my attitude changes tomorrow about this, or I hope I feel better about this tomorrow. But yet this scripture here says that there's an action required on our part that we have a recognition that there's something that we have to do, that we have to be proactive in dealing with it. Okay, so we understand that we have to take an action. We understand we have to be proactive. Well, what is that action? The second part of that verse is that we desire the Word of God. Well, what does that mean? Well, what does the Word of God say about jealousy? Well, going back to Galatians chapter 5, it says if you have emulations and envy, those are works of the flesh, and you need to replace them with what? the works of the Spirit. So I'm no longer going to sit back and dwell on the envy and the jealousy of my heart, but I'm going to focus on joy. I'm going to focus on peace. I'm going to focus on self-control, temperament, and meekness, and substitute those things that have a heart that harbor jealousy. And we're going to actively choose to put it away, and we're going to desire God's Word to, um, to help us with the, uh, the conflict. The second part uh, in using God's Word is that we're going to practically use God's Word. What do we mean by that? Well, let's use, let's use an example. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 15, the Bible says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. If you see a fellow brother or sister in Christ have success, if you see a fellow brother or sister in Christ have a blessing, gain an advantage, that is something that we should take joy in. The first thought in our heart shouldn't be a heart of resentment towards other people. We as 
Christians should not look at each other as rivals, but we should look at each other as the family of God. And when I see other people in the church have success or they have blessings or they have things that God has given to them, I need to train my heart to vicariously and genuinely enjoy and share that enjoyment. That I'm not the person who's standing at the party at the side corner eating the cake and just drinking the punch, but that I'm truly learning to appreciate a happiness that God has granted other people. And when I do that, I'm showing a maturity uh, I'm showing a, a maturity uh, in, my, in my relationship with God. When we look at each other as Christians, we should have a love for one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4, the scripture says, Love does not envy. And if we're loving each other as we're supposed to be loving each other, then obviously there's no place for, for envy uh, in our hearts. Also, looking at the scriptures to help us with this, is understanding um, the severity of jealousy. In James chapter 3 and verses 14 through 15, it says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. I found that, that, that that's strong words there that, that, that James says that Jealousy is something that's demonic. And obviously, as Christians, we don't want to have that attribute. And then finally, dealing with the subject of jealousy and how we can overcome it, I think the third thing that we can do is reinstitute gratitude and thankfulness in our hearts. We go back to James chapter 3, verse 16. It says that where there's jealousy and where there's selfish ambition, and I think that that's important because jealousy and selfish ambition are associated with one another. Paul, writing to the church at Thessalonica in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians in verse 18, said, Give thanks in all circumstances, for it's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If we're truly thankful people for the things that God has given us, then we shouldn't be jealous of other people. Whether I'm in a condition in life whether I'm in a Job moment where I'm sitting diseased without a penny to my name, scraping sores off my body with a broken pot, or whether I have the most wealth in the world, I'm in a condition and a circumstance to be able to serve God in any of those things. And being able to look at that situation and see how we can honor God with the things that he's given us and to not be covetous of what other people have. The ninth commandment in the tenth commandment says, do not covet or do not be envious of your neighbor's wife. The tenth was do not be covet, covetous or envious of your neighbor's goods. And so um, this principle, principle goes way back even before the New Testament. So in conclusion, um, what is the call to action? Well, it's the same call to action that Paul gave the Galatians in chapter 5 in the last verse there of that chapter. He says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. Let us put that aside and let us have a maturity and seek to bear fruits of the Spirit. So I appreciate uh, your attention this morning. been a very good audience. I hope that everything I said has been in accordance with God's Word. At this time, we're going to stand and sing the song that's been selected. I am.